You're listening to Comedy Central. Did you see this thing that happened today with, uh, with Shakira? Did anyone see? Shakira got robbed by wild boars. Although I guess boars are always wild. But they, yeah, they, she got robbed, they said by boars. They attacked Shakira and then they made, like, they, I think they stole her handbag and it's got her lip gloss and everything, which part of that was wild to me. Because <laughs> I was just like, I was imagining the boars running away, just being like, like, I, just, I was like, because we just think of them as animals, but what if they were Shakira's fans? Like, what if they were like rabid fans and the boars are running away like, oh, 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 I got her lip gloss, oh, I'm so excited, I'm so excited. <laughs> just like, oh man. But apparently, like, Shakira fought the boars off, which, yeah, she literally, she, like, fought them off, which, if you know Shakira was always going to happen, you can't attack an artist who, like, has choreography. Have you seen Shakira perform? She, like, does stuff on stage. She's going to kick your ass in real life. If you want to, if you want to rob, an, like, an artist, you got to rob, like, like, a, like, Michael Bublé. You know what I mean? Like, like what's Michael Bublé going to do to you? Like, he's going to rob him. He's going to be like, they're robbing me. They're robbing me. I can't do anything. I'm robbed. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I'm glad Shakira's okay. Coming to you from the heart of Times Square, the most important place on Earth, it's The Daily Show, Ears Edition. Tonight, start worrying about your holiday shopping now. The NBA gets COVID. And Jake Gyllenhaal. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Let's jump straight into the headlines. Our first story is about the COVID vaccine the best way of discovering how crazy a person is. Recently, employers have begun telling people they either have to get the shot or they lose their job. I mean, except for Nathan, he's losing his job even if he does get the shot because that's not what copy machines are for, Nathan. And it turns out that while a lot of people said they would never get the vaccine, being forced to make a choice has altered their calculations. In our health lead, vaccine mandates for healthcare workers seem to be working. The vast majority who faced a Monday deadline chose to get the jab rather than lose their job. Vaccinations in New York City jumped 45% a day since the first mandate was announced. New York says that as of Monday night, when the vaccine mandate officially went into effect, 92% of hospital staff, 92% of nursing home staff, and 89% of adult care facility staff had received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine. And consider that a week ago, all of these numbers we're in the 80s. United Airlines announced this week less than 1%, less than 1% of their 67,000 person workforce did not comply with their mandate. Since Tyson Foods announced its vaccine mandate last month, its vaccination rate has gone from 50% to 80% with the deadline still more than a month away. That's right, people. Vaccine mandates work. And if you ask me, this is a win-win situation. Yeah, because think about it. It'll help keep everybody safe and it gets the economy moving again. And then for the people who still didn't get vaccinated, look, I don't think you're right, but if you are, your win is that we all die and then you guys inherit the entire earth. Ha! I mean, think about it. You can move into all the mansions. There'll be no lines at Disney World. No one's ever gonna pee in the urinal next to you. It'll be pretty sweet for a while until you all die of measles because you don't believe in vaccines. 
And I think it's funny because so many anti-vaxxers were like, I'm never taking vaccines. It's the principle of the thing. But then it turns out there's one principle that's even more important, and that's the principle of not being a broke-ass bitch. The only thing about this that surprised me, though, was learning that the rates of vaccinated nursing home staff is up to 92%, which is great, don't get me wrong, but shouldn't that be 100%? I mean, they work with the most vulnerable people. Hearing that only 92% of nursing home staff are vaccinated is like finding out that only 92% of skydiving instructors believe in parachutes. Now, this is where most instructors would pull the cord, but I don't know, man. I read about the dangers of parachutes on Facebook. As long as you got a strong immune system, you'll be okay when you hit the ground. All right, let's move on to some news about Britney Spears. Formerly a girl, yet currently a woman. It has been 13 years since a court put her under a conservatorship, which means she can't spend her own money, she can't make her own career or medical decisions, and she can't even choose her own fighter in Super Smash Bros. She just has to be Diddy Kong every single time. But yesterday, all of that came to an end. Meanwhile, Britney Spears waking up this morning for the first time in more than 13 years without her father in control of her life or finances. The judge's decision being seen as a huge victory for her and her team. The new conservator in charge of her finances, an accountant handpicked by Britney's legal team. He and others will work in the coming months to unravel the conservatorship, eventually leaving Britney to run her own life as she chooses. Britney absent from the hearing, appearing on Instagram in a video flying a plane, writing, she's on cloud nine. Outside the courthouse, hundreds of supporters gathered, many part of the Free Britney movement. You know what's what Britney's wanted for so long, and what Britney wants, I want. Yes! Britney is free! And props to her fans for making this happen. Because you know who really was ahead of the curve? That leave Britney alone person. Yeah, at the time, we were like, whoa, <laughs> that's a little over the top. And now we're like, yo, let's put this motherfucker on the Supreme Court. No, but for real, like, this has been such a great movement, you know? Like, everyone from MSNBC hosts all the way to Ted Cruz was speaking out in support of Britney. Like, this thing, it brought everyone together. Honestly, this country could use more of that, you know? That's why I've chained Joey Fatone up in my garage. Come on, y'all! Let's come together one more time and free Joey. We gotta free Joey, everybody! Ha-ha! <laughs> and look, as happy as I am for Britney, the bigger issue is conservatorships themselves. Because you do realize any of us could be thrown into a conservatorship at any point, at any point. Someone just has to go to prove to a judge that you can't handle your own life. And I mean, who is handling their own life well? Nobody. I mean, some guy could take me to court and be like, your honor, what kind of person wears hoodies on a TV show? He's clearly not well. But if we're not gonna end conservatorships, we could at least apply them more selectively. I mean, Britney Spears is worth $60 million, yes, but she doesn't need a conservator. You know who does? People with $60 billion. Most people are out of control. I mean, name one thing Britney has done that's as wasteful and just like mindless as going into space in a giant penis. And speaking of conservatorships, there's one country that might need some help in running its affairs. Tonight, the worst fuel crisis to hit Britain in decades. I didn't think it would be as bad as it actually was until I actually came out on the roads and 
It was awful. At least two-thirds of the country's gas stations now running on empty. A severe shortage of truck drivers leaving pumps dry across the UK. The UK has lost tens of thousands of drivers this past year. Many forced to leave the country because of new visa rules for foreign workers after Brexit. The government is trying to repeal temporarily some of those visa restrictions in the hope of enticing 4,000 EU truck drivers over here as soon as possible to get them on the roads. Yes, there's a huge gas shortage, or petrol, as they say in Britain right now. It's hurting the economy, and I heard it completely ruined the new James Bond movie. Because car chase scenes just aren't as exciting when halfway through you have to get out of your car and push. So basically what happened is the UK passed Brexit because they were all sick of the dirty foreigners coming in and taking their jobs. And now there's a fuel crisis, partly because those dirty foreigners were the ones driving all those dirty gasoline trucks, which, which really shows you how everyone hates the idea of immigrants way more than the actual immigrants or what the immigrants do. This always happens. It's always like, the immigrants are taking our jobs. Okay, all the immigrants are gone. Do you want the job now? Well, I mean, not me personally, no, uh, but I'm sure Nigel would love that, wouldn't you? Well, no, well, not Nigel either, but I mean, I'm sure there'll be somebody who wants the job. What about Oliver? What do you mean he's in America? Doing what? A TV show? Well, do they understand him? About news? Why would anyone do that? So he doesn't want the job either. All right, let's move on now to our top story. Here in America, it's the beginning of autumn, the time of year when the weather gets cooler, the leaves are changing, and Joe Biden's arm starts growing out a winter coat. It's also the time of year when only the true psychopaths among us would be starting their holiday shopping. But apparently this year, the psychopaths might be onto something. You may want to start your holiday shopping now, like tonight, if you actually want to get your gifts in time for the festivities, we're told. Heads up, you may want to get started early with your holiday shopping. If there are certain items that are on your wish list or your kids' or family's wish list this year, you're going to want to scoop them up early to avoid potential um, out-of-stock issues. So if you have something in mind this holiday season for uh, a family member, a, a child, go ahead and secure that now. Do not wait. Christmas shopping needs to start right now. Oh man, I gotta get online right away and tell my friends to buy gifts for me right now. Hurry up, guys. We can't miss this opportunity to get my gifts. Ah! So yeah, all the experts are saying that we've got to start doing our holiday shopping ASAP, which you have to admit is gonna be really bad news for all the guys who aren't sure about the girl that they're with right now. Honey, when I got your gift three months ago, I didn't know if we would still be together or broken up, uh, so I got you a 10-piece McNuggets. Merry Christmas. So, why is holiday shopping season already turning into such a mess? Well, it's actually a lot of problems all coming together at the same time. Starting with a shortage of something that's inside basically everything. 
The coronavirus pandemic has led to a critical shortage of computer chips. That's impacting production of everything from toasters to washing machines and to automobiles. The global chip shortage means higher prices and fewer options for shoppers this holiday season. These chips, of course, are in everything. Cell phones, cars, laptops, Peloton, your coffee maker. This computer chip problem is probably not going to get resolved until at least the end of next year, perhaps not even until 2023. Americans are going to have to exercise a healthy dose of patience this holiday season. That's right. Thanks to COVID, there is a major chip shortage right now. And that, my friends, is a huge problem because almost everything we use has a chip in it. Toys, video games, appliances, the vaccine. Oops, we need to cut that last part out. Fauci told me not to tell anyone about it. Literally everything has a chip in it. Our computers, our exercise equipment, our Facebook CEOs. I mean, although maybe this is an opportunity to think about whether we want to keep adding computer chips into every single product. Like people, do we really need our toasters to have chips? I mean, actually I always burn my toast, so it would be nice if it would like alert me, you know, but, but where does it end? Are bananas gonna come with chips? I mean, I would like it if I knew when they're actually ripe, that would be great to get a text from like banana. Like my point is, let's hurry up and get chips into everything, people. Wait, was that my point? So look, whether you wanna buy a, a, a computer for your family uh, or a smart fridge, or you're that guy in the Lexus commercial who gets his wife a car with a giant bow on it every single year, there might not be enough chips for everyone. And even if you are able to order your gift of choice, you might have to wait a long time until it actually arrives. Shipping wars, an onslaught of manufacturing and cargo disruptions may make in-demand products delay in shipment or sell out altogether. This drone footage capturing the growing backlog of cargo ships stuck in the southern coast of California. A spiraling global crisis began with COVID-19 shutdowns in Asia, which drove shipping and production delays. That created shortages in shipping containers and was compounded by limited warehouse space, trucking issues, and especially labor shortages. Now, companies like Costco, Walmart, and Home Depot taking matters into their own hands. The retail giants renting out their own shipping containers and looking for different ports of entry. Yeah, that's right. Shipping delays are getting so bad that Costco, Walmart, and Home Depot have started running their own ships, which is insane. And it's really gonna confuse any pirates who try and capture the Home Depot ship. Look at me, look at me, I am, hello? Hello, is anybody there? Hello? Is anybody who can help me on this ship? I need to tell somebody I'm the captain. Hello? Is, how can you have a ship with no, hello? Hello? I guess I am the captain. By default, I've become the captain. But yeah, because of how badly COVID disrupted supply chains, shipping to America is super delayed right now. And as annoying as it is, we should take a moment to appreciate that it's only annoying because we've gotten spoiled by getting stuff from Asia every week. I mean, you realize that's a miracle, right? Just getting stuff from another continent. Like imagine telling Marco Polo that you're mad because your Peloton isn't getting to you from China until next Thursday. He would be pissed. It took him four years to travel to China to get his Peloton. But let's say you are able to buy your product and they are able to get it off the boat and into a store. Now, all you have to do is drop it in the mail, ship it off, right? Well, 
Don't wait until the last minute because it turns out that the mail is still being run by the Grinch. Mail delivery is about to slow down and get more expensive. Beginning on Friday, the U.S. Postal Service is slowing its target delivery time by about 30%. This will specifically impact first-class packages. In some cases, it could take up to two days longer to arrive. Postmaster General Louis DeJoy previously announced the changes to save billions of dollars. We are not structured properly, and we have fallen out of step with the marketplace we serve. Okay, wait, 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 hold, hold up, hold up. Louis DeJoy is still in charge of the Postal Service? Like, am, am I the only one who's confused? I assumed Biden fired that guy on day one. This, this is like finding out that Mike Pence is still vice president. I like it here because Biden hasn't threatened to hang me. I mean, maybe people misjudged DeJoy, you know? Like, everyone thought Trump put him in office to slow down the mail to sabotage the election, but it turns out he may just suck at his job. We owe him an apology. But regardless, the fact is that the mail is about to get really, really slow, just in time for the holidays. And as much as I hate saying this, part of the blame has to be on grandmothers. Yeah, I said it, I said it. If y'all would learn how Venmo works, the mail system wouldn't be getting all clogged up with holiday cards that have $5 in them, Nana. So, that's where we are right now. Because of all these shocks to the supply chain, it doesn't look like everybody will be able to get the gifts that they want for Christmas. But maybe because of that, there's an opportunity here. Maybe tonight, you can sit your family down and tell them that this Christmas isn't going to be about gifts. It's gonna be about family and friends and spending time with the ones you love. Because that's the only gift anybody really needs. And once they accept that, and everyone in the world stops trying to buy gifts to fill the void inside, that's when you jump online and you get all the gifts for yourself. Merry Christmas, bitches! All right, when we come back, Roy Wood Jr. and Michael Costa will catch us up on the latest NBA controversy. And Jake Gyllenhaal will be joining me live in person, you don't want to miss it. I gotta go order my gifts. I say this on TV, but this shit is real in life. Welcome back to The Daily Show. Here to catch us up on all the latest news in sports is Roy Wood Jr. and Michael Costa in another episode of I Apologize for Talking While You Were Talking. What's up, sports fans? I'm Roy Wood Jr. He's Michael Costa. Yep. It's football season, Costa, and you know what that means. It means I'm eating chili four times a week. It is the ultimate football meal, Roy. I just wish I wasn't so allergic to it. Costa, we are three weeks into the NFL season right now. Three weeks, yep, and yep. somehow the Jets have already lost six games. I don't know how they do it, you but know, they did it. They're so bad that they broke mathematics. But let's get to the play everyone's talking about. Right, Aaron Sorkin's adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird. This is a beautiful Broadway right, right, right. I'll be more specific. Let's get to the football play everyone's talking about, because it was one for the record books. 
Baltimore Ravens kicker Justin Tucker made some history with the longest field goal ever in the NFL. Tucker kicked a 66-yard field goal as time expired yesterday, leading the Ravens to a 19-17 victory over the Detroit Lions. Whoa, 66 yards, my man! Let me put that in perspective. That's like kicking a football one yard 66 times. You know what, man? Good for Tucker. This right here is why I would want to be a kicker. Yes. You don't get yep. tackled. You get to sit on the bench and do nothing but drink Gatorade. Yep. And you're the only player that gets lifted up by your teammates like you're in Dirty Dancing. I love that movie. Okay, call me crazy, but I wasn't that impressed by this kick. You know what I am impressed by, Roy? Single mothers, they are the real heroes. Okay, okay, Costa, you've got to stop using this segment to hunt for MILFs. I come from a long history of traditional MILF hunters who don't tread on me. There's a time and place for everything. Let's move on to baseball. The regular season's coming to an end, and that, the end of a pretty racist era. The Cleveland Indians played their last home game as the Indians. The team has been called the Indians since 1915. Next year, they become the Guardians in the wake of nationwide concern over racist names and symbols. You know, it is about time they got rid of that name, but I gotta say the Guardians is a great name. Who doesn't like guards, crossing guards, lifeguards, shin guards? I'm wearing shin guards right now, Roy. Grade A titanium, kick me in them right now. Hit me, kick him, kick him. You gotta stop asking me to do that. And for the record, man, I think you're kinda wrong on this one. Guardians is a terrible name. Oh. Terrible name. Do you know what a guardian is? A guardian is what you get after your parents walk out on you for cigarettes and never come home, and then you're raised by a dude named Ronald. That's what a guardian is. Parenting is hard, especially for single mothers. I honor you, I'm here for you. I want you to know that. Ignore him, single mothers. Look, let's move on now to the biggest news happening in the world of sports. Controversy in the NBA. Oh, yeah. A fight is brewing between the NBA, between vaccinated players and those who are not lining up to get the COVID vaccine. The league says... 90% of players are vaccinated, but a few high-profile players have been cagey at best. Nets star Kyrie Irving remains coy about his vaccination status. Please just disrespect my privacy. Everything will be released at a a due date, but as of right now, just please respect my privacy. New York City's executive order requires people entering indoor arenas show they've had at least one dose of the COVID vaccine. With the season just weeks away, Irving could be forced to sit out the team's home games. Damn, I haven't seen an NBA player this afraid to take a shot since Ben Simmons in the playoffs. This is outrageous, If you want to die, that's your business. But to deprive me of a championship season, I mean, is this what our society has come to? Yo, I didn't know that you were such a diehard Nets fan. Dude, I've been rooting for them ever since day one of people saying they were going to be good. I'm in it to win it. Let's go Nets, N-E-T-S. Look, man, if you ask me, I think the NBA should mandate that players get vaccinated. I mean, they already make a bunch of young black men live in Utah. Mm -hmm. We really pretending a vaccine is worse than that? That is bad, but you know what the real problem is? A lot of these players don't even seem to understand how the vaccine works. On Monday, Wizard star Bradley Beal had a lot of questions about why he's hesitant to get the COVID-19 vaccine. I would like an explanation to, you know, people with vaccines, why are they still getting COVID? If that's something that we are supposed to highly be protected from, like, that's funny that, oh, it reduces your chances of going to the hospital. It doesn't eliminate anybody from getting COVID, right? Ooh. Do you want to take this or should I? Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Look, this dude answered his own question. Let's just start there. Yep. He asked himself, why take a vaccine that only reduces my chance of hospitalization or death? I don't know. 
Maybe because the, the vaccine, vaccine reduces, reduces your chance of hospitalization, hospitalization or, or death. death. Do you like being hospitalized, Bradley? He's right, Bradley. Think of the vaccine as shin guards. They won't totally prevent injury to my shins, but they do give me protection. And since I've started wearing them, I've only been hospitalized with shin-related injuries like three times. Three times? But dude, how do, how do you keep injuring your shins so much? Look, that's between me and all the single mothers out there. Trevor, back to you. Look, I don't know what you're doing with these single moms, yeah. but it shouldn't be tearing up your legs like look, that. Look, you sound like the hospital. Oh, what are you, what are you, my... What position are y'all doing today? What are, what are you, my guardian all of a sudden? Thank you so much for that, guys. All right, when we come back, the one and only Jake Gyllenhaal will be joining me right here to talk about his brand new movie. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is Oscar and Tony-nominated actor and producer Jake Gyllenhaal. He's here to talk about his brand new Netflix film, The Guilty. Jake Gyllenhaal. What happens? Yeah, what, exactly what happens. <laughs> exactly, well, well, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and congratulations on making, like, yet again, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, it's a complicated movie, yeah, it's got all, but you know what it is, most, most importantly? It's entertaining. Dude, that was the idea. Like, when Antoine and I set out to make this movie, Antoine Fuqua, we wanted it to be a thriller first. Right. And then underneath it is, I think, uh, the undercurrent is about a lot of other things, but I think, uh, first and foremost, it should just terrify you. It's the story of yourself playing a 911 operator, but you weren't originally that. You play a cop who has an issue on the force and basically gets demoted to this position yes. while disciplinary, disciplinary hearings are taking place. Yes. I think let's, let's start with that part of the story because I, I, I really enjoyed this and I feel like I notice a theme in your movies and that like, Recently, you're playing characters who are heroes, but unlikely heroes. You're playing people who are thrust into position. You, you're playing human beings, it almost feels like. It's not like an archetype of a hero. Do you do that on purpose? I'm, I'm more interested in the moral idea of a, of a human being and that we all make mistakes, you know? I think that's an important idea. And I think right. that if there's a safe space to communicate really complicated feelings, it's in front of a camera, you know, doing something that is... Mm -hmm pretend in a way. And I think that allows you to get closer to the truth and communicate something that would not normally be allowed to be said. So to me, it's not about the job someone does necessarily or like the character. It's really the dilemma that they find themselves in. More so playing characters that find themselves in a place that would be very complex for any human being, uh, right, but very right. human. So, yeah. I mean, because you were, you were making this film, if my timeline is correct, you were making this film in and around the time that the George Floyd protests were happening all over America and people were having these complicated conversations around police. Did that affect you at all, seeing what was happening in America when you were making the movie? I mean, I mean beyond affected me. I, I mean, we had, we had gotten the rights to make this movie before any of that, even right. though that has been going on for hundreds of years. Uh, you know, that, that, that was something that when came into, I mean, first of all, we wanted to make the movie when the pandemic hit. We thought, okay, this is a single character film. It's right, contained, right, right. You're, you're in a room with this guy. It can be safe. We could shoot it in a short period of time. Uh -huh. I told Antoine Fuqua when I sent him the script, uh, I said, we could shoot it in five days. We ended up shooting it in 11 days. The whole movie. The whole movie in 11 days. So all of that, it was all sort of set for that pandemic space. And I applaud the entire crew that was there making it because we made it in October of 2020. Right, right, right. Then when George Floyd was killed, you know, it brought up a different question. Right. And I think we all believed that it was important to tell the story and continue to try and tell the story. Mm -hmm. Obviously a number of people 
who were interested in it sort of moved away and didn't necessarily want to be a part of it. But I always feel like, you know, the important part of the story is that it's about mental health. And that's right. what Antoine always said. It was about showing how broken the system is and what we assume other people to be when we can only hear them and we can't right. see them. Right. Um, and that was really important. And I also think the movie is a fantasy. You know, uh, I don't want to give away, like, the end and things that happen. Well, that's interesting. A fantasy in, 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 in what it hopes the world will be? Oh, oh, yeah. I think that the, the, the sort of idea... Of terrifying, but then... <laughs> yeah. We, don't, we well, won't give away anything, well, but terrifying. Yeah. I mean, a fantasy too. in that, I think, in... You know, it's, it's called the guilty, right? Right, so right, right. So it's pretty clear right there. But I think in the end, it's about saying, uh, when you tell the truth, when we, when we tell our own truth, whatever it is, no matter mm -hmm. how large or small, we're ending, we're helping cure a huge ill in, in, in all of us. And I think we may not be redeemed on this earth, but we are redeemed spiritually. Oh, I like that a lot. So to me, I think the consequences of everyone's actions in this film will be had. I mean, that will happen. Mm -hmm. But I think they will be freed. And that's very important. When we go past the message, one thing I always look at with a movie like this, you know, whenever a movie's made in one place, mm -hmm. I go, this is either going to be an amazing movie or a terrible, <laughs> terrible movie. It's because there's no, there's no two yeah, ways, because yeah, yeah. you yeah. can't cheat. There's no special effects in yeah. like, you know, there's no explosions that can save you. Yeah. There's no cost that can help like, all right, the comedic effect, there's no, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Jake Gyllenhaal on camera in one room. When you're doing that, as Jake and you're working with Antoine on this, what do you think, like how do you take us everywhere without going anywhere? You have to trust in the audience's imagination. I mean, we live in a world where I feel like film and so many things, we've thrown everything visually and the kitchen sink, you know, at us when we watch things, right. right? And part of the thrill of the telling of this was thinking, can we capture an audience's ah, imagination? Like and if that. we can, then we've succeeded, you know? Because I've talked to people who've seen the movie and they go, well, the scene where this happens and she does this and they're there and like, and you're like, you were never there. That's amazing. So to use the, the medium in different ways right. is what's thrilling at a certain point. Before I let you go, I would love to know what Jake is looking for in the next story that he tells. Like, you, you know, Southpaw, um, Nightcrawler, still one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, The Guilty. You you're not just telling a story of a flawed character. You're not just telling a story that's gripping and entertaining you. It also feels like you're trying to tell us something about like our brains, our minds, our mm. mental health as people. Mm. Is, that, is that just, is that coincidence? Or is there something that, 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 that you wish we could work on more as human beings? Is there something that, you know, as society, you guys, Jake, you're like, man, guys, can we, can we look at this thing a little bit more? Because it always feels like there's a message in the people, like they, they, they're struggling with something. Um, first of all, I would just like to say that um, uh, it's what makes you so special. You're, um, you're amazing at this job and you're amazing like your way your mind thinks and looks at things and looks at people. I just want to say that oh, thank first you. and foremost. I do think there's something really interesting about um, our own mental health. I do think it's really interesting to explore characters who are on the verge of that. But I also think now I'm moving towards wanting to have a little bit more fun. Okay, okay, okay. 
Because <laughs> I think probably I've gone through a period of time where I've taken myself super seriously right. in that idea. And then I sort of have left joy at the door. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh, uh -huh. And, I, and I'm, I'm really interested in going in that direction a little bit. Right. So I, I mean, that's a big part of mental health too. <laughs> it is. No, and you know so, what it is. Yeah. yeah. So I think that is probably where I'm, I'm, I'm headed. I know that's where I want to go. So, uh, and I, you know, I get joy in doing things like Nightcrawler and things. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. But that's all about just great dialogue, right? Right. That's what I'm going after. So, yeah, joy. Oh, well, my friend, you bring us joy. Congratulations on another amazing film. Don't forget, people, The Guilty is in select theaters right now and will be available on Netflix October 1st. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, if you're in Loveland, Colorado, or Colorado Springs this weekend, my Back to Abnormal comedy tour is going to be in your city. Head to backtoabnormaltour.com if you want to grab your tickets. If you don't want tickets, don't go to that website because that's all the website does. Until next week, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, if you have any extra gas to spare, please put it in an envelope and mail it to the United Kingdom. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.